Hey, it's time to ask that burning question. Do immigrants help or hurt the economy? Well, guess what? The answer is exactly opposite of what politicians are telling you. <laughs> Go figure. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Press Club C podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 86th episode, whoa, we're going to focus on immigrants and their importance to our economic recovery hopefully we're still recovering, and eventual economic expansion. But before we get into this controversial topic, let's quickly answer that key question once more. What the hell is a press club C anyway? Each letter stands for stuff we talk about. P is for politics, R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. Uh, S is for sports. That second S is for stories, books and writing, my own books, other books. Fiction, nonfiction, reviews, authors, author interviews, and so on. C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. Uh, L is life, the big catch-all. U is for understanding, lessons, for example, in history, uh, economics, and so on. B is for business and entrepreneurship. And C, C, that last C is for conservative. Why? Because I am one. And since we have to be very specific these days and very clear, I'm a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. Now, before we get into the topic, um, I hope that you will consider my two new books that are out. Uh, first, on the fiction front, Cathedral and Alliance of St. Michael novel is actually my 16th work of fiction, right? I've got 15 Pastor Stephen Grant novels out there. And by the way, there are more of those coming. And this is, Cathedral is the first in the Alliance of St. Michael series. That's right. I hope this to be a series. Uh, what's the book about? The Alliance of St. Michael brings together men and women with varied backgrounds and talents to work covertly against the two most significant threats to Christianity and Western civilization, the dawn of the 1930s, communism and fascism. That's right. This is historical fiction. Uh, in Moscow, the Cathedral of Christ the Savior is going to be obliterated to make way for the Palace of the Soviets. The Alliance of St. Michael readies itself for its first mission, find and salvage a rare item of great significance from the cathedral before the building is lost. That's the, first, that's the latest fiction book. And then I also have a new nonfiction book, right? Uh, that new book is The Weekly Economist, 52 Quick Reads to Help You Think Like an Economist. So the book addresses, really addresses the following question. If you don't have a degree in economics, how do you figure out what actually makes economic sense and what doesn't? And unfortunately, there are a lot of people that have degrees in economics and they can't figure that out. So whether, you know, you're watching CNBC or CNN or Fox or you're combing the internet and checking out websites... Uh, all sorts of assertions regarding the economy and economic policy are made, and people are left wondering what's accurate and what's not. Or perhaps even worse, they just accept without much question what they heard, even when the declarations are contradictory. And naturally, and unfortunately, politics infests and distorts what is put forth about the economy and policy. So the Weekly Economist offers quick reads on topics essential to thinking clearly on economics and applying sound economic principles to hot topics. So <clears throat> if you, the reader, were to take just a few minutes, and I mean just a few minutes each week, um, 
to read one of the 52 quick essays, then by the end of the year, you would have hopefully a better understanding of economics and how to think more like an economist. And yes, that would be a good thing. So um, grab Cathedral uh, and the Weekly Economist at Amazon.com. They have the Kindle editions, paperback, and you can get a hardcover uh, over there. Or if you want signed books, go to RayKeatingOnline.com. So yes, Cathedral and the Weekly Economist are available at Amazon.com and at RayKeatingOnline.com. So let's get to our topic for this episode, immigrants and our economic recovery, right? Coming out of the pandemic and hopefully looking forward to an expansion at some point. Uh, right now, of course, we're wondering if we're heading into a recession or not, but that is a topic for another day. Um, <clears throat> well, and, and well, our topic today is related to it, obviously somewhat. So immigrants, um, I think, uh, especially given the political environment we've had, um, it, the idea of immigrants being a drain on the economy is put forth and accepted by a lot of people, but it turns out to be the exact opposite. Well, it's crazy, right? You mean <clears throat> what politicians are saying? It's opposite of actual economics. Um, <clears throat> first off, immigrants do not take jobs from the native born, right? Um, <clears throat> instead, they, they help to fuel economic growth. They do that as workers, as entrepreneurs, as consumers, and so on. You know, it's really, really critical to keep in mind that the economy isn't a zero-sum game, right? When somebody else gains something, someone else doesn't necessarily lose something, right? Or there are only so many jobs to go around. That's incorrect. Rather, economic <clears throat> growth occurs. Jobs are created. There's a crazy idea. And yes, that process is aided by immigrants who do complementary work to the native born. And in that sense, they are actually increasing productivity for everybody. And oh yeah, productivity, income levels are tied to productivity, wages. Ha, huh, go figure. So um, <clears throat> listen, I'm, I'm chief economist for the Small Business and Entrepreneurship Council. This podcast uh, is not related to that. It's independent. So don't, every anything that I possibly say here, do not hold in any way, shape, or form against SBE Council. But I did an analysis for them recently, very recently, and I looked at the data uh, from a just-released U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics report. They release this on an annual basis, and this one is Foreign-Born Workers Labor Characteristics 2021. I also looked at a recent study from the National Bureau of Economic Research, and that uh, study is titled Immigration and Entrepreneurship in the United States. So the analysis I did <clears throat> for SBE Council looked at both of those. I'm going to talk a little bit about this here because I think it's very important to do so. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics, their, that latest edition of that report, shows <clears throat> what previous editions showed um, and, and have done so for many, many years. Foreign-born workers or immigrants have been a critical source, arguably the critical source of increases in the labor force and in employment. So let's consider a few points from this look at, uh, at 2021 
um, as entrepreneurs, um, you know, right. 2021, obviously we were all working to get out of the pandemic mess and we still are from an economic standpoint, uh, never mind the, the health, uh, aspects, but so entrepreneurs, businesses, investors, workers are all trying to lead the U S back to economic growth. So how do immigrants come into this? So let's look at that. <clears throat> so from here's interestingly from 2020 to 2021, right? The foreign-born labor force increased by 671,000. Now, that's great. Um, the native-born labor force was essentially essentially unchanged. So here's the point. One of the points about uh, foreign-born workers, immigrants, um, increasing the labor force while the native-born uh, did not. So. Also on the on the employment front, from 2020 to 2021, um, overall employment increased by 4.8 million. Uh, Foreign-born increased by 1.6 million. That was an increase for foreign-born employment of 6.5 percent. Keep that in mind. Also increased, <coughs> excuse me. Also employment increased among the native-born, up 3.2 million. Okay. But in relative terms, when you look at the percentage again, uh, the increase was 2.6%. So that was less than half the increase in employment among foreign-born or immigrants. Right? Get the idea here? Uh, foreign-born now, foreign-born men. Let's say this is an interesting breakdown by gender. Right? So foreign-born men uh, participated in the labor force at a much higher rate than native-born men. So foreign-born men in 2021, 76.8% were in the labor force, and among native-born, 65.8%. Wow. That's, that's really quite stunning. It's stunning. Listen, I, I know this data. I know these data. And, and, and what we've seen over an extended period of time is that immigrants are in the labor force, um, male immigrants are in the labor force at a higher rate than are native-born. Um, now, well, we'll have to save it for another time to explore that. But the question here is not so much, hey, why are those immigrants working so hard? The question is, why aren't native-born uh, men in the workforce to a greater extent? And that, that decline has been going on for a very, very long time, and it's very disturbing. Um, now, by contrast, 53.4% of foreign-born women were labor force participants. That's a lower percentage than among native-born women, uh, right? So foreign-born women, 53.4%. Native-born women, 56.6%. Now, this is kind of interesting because, you know, Republicans now have become the anti-immigration party. De Democrats... Supposedly a pro-immigration, but they don't know why, right? <laughs> they, they do all, they, they're like, yeah, they get the, <clears throat> basically the answer right that immigrants are positive, but they don't know why the immigrants are positive. Uh, they don't understand it. In fact, both parties are just um, woefully ignorant on the economics of immigration. But anyway, and but very di in different, very strikingly different ways. But let's just, for Republicans, right? Republicans are supposedly... The conservative party, and again, you know, like I say at the beginning of this podcast all the time, we have to be 
clear as to what we're defining here. But let's just take it as a general term. Um, so among immigrants, you have men working, right, at a very high participation rate. And women, among immigrant women, more likely to stay home, if you will, right, than native-born women. Um, and part of that is to take care of children. So if you're a Republican, if you're a conservative, why would you be attacking this group that where the men are out working and women are saying, yeah, it's important for me to be home with the kids, right? That seems to be a very conservative idea. Anyway, so moving on. Um, <clears throat> um, regarding uh, labor force participation again, it is, it's, it's important, it's critical to look at the key working age bracket, which is 25 to 54-year-olds, right? That's the group that's out there that should be working the most <clears throat> and, uh, you know, helping to drive the economy. So the difference here, again, between foreign-born and native-born is, is rather striking. Um, foreign-born <clears throat> labor force, 25 to 54-year-olds, uh, have a labor force participation rate of 71.4%. That is much higher than the native-born participation rate of 62.2%. Excuse me, folks, while I do that in your ears, I apologize. Let me take a little swig of some orange Gatorade. So anyway, I mean, that's striking. That's almost 10 percentage points. Lines up with what we were talking about before. With mail. So um, it is critical that we um, we understand the actual economics and get by the dumb politics of immigration. Okay. And what we have here from the <clears throat> Bureau of Labor St Statistics report, man, early, easy, not so easy for me to say, um, is that immigrants participate in the labor force at a much higher rate than the native born. Boom. Bottom line. Now let's look over at this national <clears throat> Bureau of economic research report on, uh, entrepreneurship among immigrants. Now, uh, when you look at study after study, uh, immigrant entrepreneurs, uh, Immigrants have a higher rate of entrepreneurship. There you go, Ray. You can do it. Immigrants have a higher rate of entrepreneurship than do the native born. And it's generally about twice as high, right? So that's now, should this surprise any of us? No, I've said this before. If you are willing <clears throat> to pick up yourself and perhaps your family, right, and move from one country to another, that's pretty entrepreneurial, right? That's filled with that. So doing something like that is filled with risk and uncertainty. And that's what entrepreneurs do, right? They, they take on risk and uncertainty to uh, start up, own, and operate uh, a business. So we shouldn't be surprised that there's a higher rate of entrepreneurship among immigrants. And study after study shows this, right? Um, so therefore, Foreign-born business owners, right, uh, play a pretty significant role in creating jobs, right? <laughs> Let that sink in for a moment. As opposed to, again, this mistaken assumption that immigrants take jobs from the native-born. And that's what these authors found in this NBER study, right? 
I'm going to quote, they, they quote, quote for the study. The findings suggest that immigrants act more as job creators than job takers and that non-U.S. born founders play outsized roles in U.S. high growth entrepreneurship. And then later on, they concluded, using administrative data, a representative sample, and Fortune 500 data, we present new findings on the size of firms these different founder populations create. Across all three data sets, we find that immigrants present a right shift in new venture formation where immigrants start more firms of each size per member of their population, right? So there's that, that, uh, that, that increased role of entrepreneurship. Now the authors continue overall, the entrepreneurial lens suggests that immigrants appear to play a relatively strong role in expanding labor demand relative to labor supply compared to the native born population close quote. So again, bottom line here, <clears throat> sort through all that stuff. And the study is that um, there's a higher rate of entrepreneurship among immigrants, and therefore you see immigrant entrepreneurs playing a central role in job creation. That is critical, <clears throat> essential, again, to understanding the actual economics of immigration. So again, none of this should be, <clears throat> none of this is surprising. Uh, again, when we push aside the politics of immigration um, and and in favor of, well, you know, economics, economic analysis, the actual data, <laughs> the actual trends, uh, and so on. So, you know, when, you, when we're looking forward here, immigrants are therefore essential to well, – right, right now we are dealing – think about two of the biggest challenges that our economy faces, right? That one is a tight labor market. And number two, our supply chains, we're still having trouble with supply chains. Now, uh, immigrants work, pe folks, people that are workers, right? They want to come here and work. They want to work hard, right? So they're going to help with the tight labor market issue. They're also, as workers, going to help in terms of supply chain issues. And guess what? As entrepreneurs, they're going to help as, uh, regarding the supply chain issues. So those are all positive things. So, but even, you know, tight labor markets are not going to change when we get down the road a little bit and get into a healthier economy. In fact, a healthier economy, we're going to be demanding more, um, uh, there's going to be a rising demand for labor and immigration is going, if we're, you know, if we're going to do this, if we're going to get our economy back on track, immigration is going to be essential to uh, meeting that increased labor demand. And if we understand that entrepreneurship is central to U.S. economic growth, then again, immigration is going to play a central role or needs to play a central role there, right? Bottom line is U.S. economy is going to benefit if we fix our immigration system in the right way so that immigrants who wish to work they want to start businesses. They want to generally contribute in a positive way to the nation. They need to be welcomed. We need to open up avenues, more avenues for people like that to come to this country. We need to make it easier. At the same time, we take resources and make sure we stop bad guys from coming in. 
This is not actually brain surgery, folks. It's really more of straightforward economics, right? Keeping the economics in mind over the politics and understanding that the politics are ugly in so many different ways, but each party, unfortunately, has incentives to perpetuate this immigration battle because they both, the Democrats and Republicans, can appeal to their base and get their base ginned up in very, very different ways, but they both can do it. So, but, you know, if we understand, let's bring it back to this. And I did this in this piece, this analysis that this all ties back together to our nation's history, you know, our economic history. Um, In the global economy, from the start of this country to this very day, one of our key competitive advantages is our entrepreneurial drive. Okay. <clears throat> Entrepreneurship is a huge advantage for America in the global economy. Also, even though we've had ugly bouts of anti-immigration, um, we still have been a very among the most welcoming nations, if not the most welcoming nation uh, over the last, you know, however you want to put it, 200 plus years, <clears throat> 250 years almost. Um, we Over that time, we have been one of the most welcoming nations in terms of immigration, right? We truly are a nation of immigrants, good stuff, positive stuff. Um those two things go together. They reinforce each other. They're interrelated, right? Because what I just talked about, if you're an immigrant willing to take on the risks and uncertainties of picking up yourself and or your family and moving to a different country, you're more apt to be entrepreneurial in the business world. You're more apt to say, you know what? I'm going to try to start up a business uh, and grow a business. So this this entrepreneurial advantage that we have in the inter- international economy, right, at home and abroad, right, um, ties into the welcoming that we've done for immigrants over the years. Well worth keeping in mind. These are not two separate issues in any way, shape, or form. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, why don't you check out the piece that I wrote over at sbecouncil.org on this. And again, This podcast has nothing to do with that Um, in terms of, you know, this is me independent. So the views are my own. No one else's. um, No one else, again, should have to take flack for what I'm spouting off here. Um, Anyway, bottom line, listen, uh, thanks for listening. I I appreciate your feedback and suggestions. Um, Please check out my various endeavors and books. I mentioned Cathedral and Alliance of St. Michael novel. I mentioned The Weekly Economist. Um, Also, my pastor, Stephen Grant, Thrillers and Mysteries. Also on the economics front, check out Free Trade Rocks. Um, And then I have a collection of essays, Behind Enemy Lines. So all of those books, go over to RayKeatingOnline.com and you can order signed books there or just head over to Amazon.com. And if you like Kindle editions, they're all uh, available for the Kindle. Uh, Paperbacks uh, are over at Amazon.com as well. That's enough of me. Folks, thanks so much for listening. God bless.